Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Tonight, super excited about the topic tonight, uh, prophecy. What is prophecy? Can we all prophesy? This is a hot topic in the church. There's actually, many of you don't know this because you're super radical in the chat, but guys, you know, there's a huge group of Christians in America and throughout the world that teach and believe God doesn't speak anymore. And the idea is God spoke in the word. God doesn't speak today. Prophecy's not alive. There's no spirit of prophecy active in the earth. And so we kind of just have the Bible and that's it. But on the contrary, Paul talks a lot about prophecy. The Bible yeah. talks a lot about prophecy. And we're going to talk yeah. about some of that today. Do you guys want to just start us out with, let's just go really general, really basic. Like, what is prophecy? What is the gift of prophecy? Many in the chat have never prophesied. We believe tonight after it's going to change that yeah. all of you will prophesy. But you, one of you want to start us out with, like, just basics of what is prophecy? Well, first, first and foremost, let's start off uh, scriptural and theological. The testimony, the book of Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So yeah. all prophetic utterances, whether Old Testament, New Testament, whether uh, major prophets, minor prophets, uh, messianic prophecies, they're all leading up until uh, the appearing of the Messiah for Israel. So let's just at least start there, that all yeah. prophecy is fulfilled in Christ and pointing to Christ and the redemptive work of Christ post-crucifixion, and there are some prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. The mm -hmm. second thing we, will, we would like to tell you is, is, is that uh, prophecy is speaking the mind of God concerning what he wants to say now, what he is Good. saying presently now, mm -hmm. and what he is saying for the future. So I, I think in a generic sense, I, we can coin it in as foretelling and forth telling. Forth telling means speaking as God's mouthpiece right now um, to an individual what God's plans, purposes, and pursuits are for their life. Never stepping outside of scripture. And then there are foretelling, which means things that God is saying to an individual or either to a church or to the body of Christ or to the world itself concerning things that are yet to happen that are part of God's purposes and his foreknowledge concerning the end of days and the, the consummation of his plan. So I'll throw that past Vlad and, and you guys. But in a nutshell, theologically, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, that's really you, good. Uh, Pagani summarizes so well. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 31, it says, For you all can prophesy. Yes, one by come one, on. that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So the the very simple or clear answer: Can we prophesy? Yes. And it seems like that this includes you and I as well. In Greek, all means all. In Hebrew, all means all. And so all means all. In Acts chapter two, verses seventeen and eighteen, uh, you know Peter says, "It shall come to pass in the last days," says the Lord, "that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream." dreams and my my manservant and my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy so scripturally speaking we are seeing that these gifts are for today and that God wants to speak uh, today through his servants and through each one of us as his members in the body and release those prophecies a prophecy in, in my uh, opinion or my my view humble view um, prophecy is giving an expression to the impression 
It's mm. that you get an impression from God and you're giving it an expression. You're vocalizing it. You're releasing it. And we're seeing that as we're going to talk more that, you know, it brings encouragement. It brings exhortation. It's really just a language of love of God communicating the love of God and expressing the thoughts of God in the language that people can understand. That's really kind of what that is in, in a simple form. Expressing the thoughts of God in the language that people can understand. That's so good. And I, I was thinking about this today, guys, in a practical way, like God desires to speak through people. How crazy is this? Mm -hmm. What a divine privilege that the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is alive and well today and says, I want to speak through Vlad. I want to speak through Kayla or John or Sean or Alexandra or, or Lee in the chat. I want God of the universe who is mm. outside the realm of time, wants to speak through you. I mean, this is crazy that we have this privilege. And here's, and the crazier part is this, we don't partake in that. Like we don't even, we don't even desire this. We don't even pursue this. And it's no wonder, as you just said, Paul says to desire prophecy, that we right. all can mm -hmm. prophesy one by one and to desire it. So you'll never prophesy sitting around waiting for it to come out of your mouth. And this is the yeah. same with tongues. People say, one day I'm just going to randomly start speaking in tongues. And that's not the way the gifts of the Holy Spirit work. We need to desire them. We need to pursue them. We'll talk about later how to give a prophetic word, how to judge a prophetic word. But I think we, we, as you guys said, we have to start with God desires to speak through us and God wants us to desire him to speak through us. So tonight we say, God, I want you to speak through me to my coworker. I want you to speak through me to my husband. I want you to speak through me to a friend mm -hmm. or a family member. And God knows everything and God can give you revelation and download to speak. I think one of the most basic definitions of prophecy, you know, obviously there's people in here been in the church their entire life. There's people that just got saved yesterday. But I think for me, the most basic is speaking words from God. God has something mm -hmm. to say. God wants to use you to be a conduit to communicate to friends and family, whether that's a word of life, a word of encouragement, mm -hmm. a word of exhortation, a word of empowerment, future telling, which in my opinion in the New Testament church is actually the rarer part of prophecy was telling the future. In the Old Testament, that was what mm -hmm. prophecy was. The prophet came, said, this is going to happen, repent, or this will happen. In the New Testament, we exhort, we encourage, we empower, we, uh, you know, we give these words of God has something for you. Keep going, keep pushing. It's not always, and I think that's why we miss prophecy, guys, is we always think has to be like, in one week, this is going to happen. When in reality, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily what we always see in the New Testament. And if we preach that's what prophecy is, it puts it, I think, out of reach for people. Because people say, mm -hmm. well, I could never be able to predict the future. Even though the Holy Spirit said, I will come and show you the future. If you guys didn't know that, Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and show you the future. So the Holy Spirit does have power to show us the future. But I think it's mm -hmm. very important that we allow prophecy and come on we're all pastors here we allow prophecy in our services mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. allow prophecy in our lives first thessalonians 519 paul says do not quench the spirit and then he's gonna and then guys he's gonna tell us how to quench the spirit he goes hey pastor mm -hmm. you want to know how to quench the spirit and then he goes on and says and do not despise prophecy but test everything that is said so if you want to quench the holy spirit despise prophecy we don't want to be those ones wow. that despise. We want God wow. to be able to speak through us. And when we despise mm -hmm. prophecy, we're basically saying, God, we don't want you to speak. Like, we don't we don't care what you have to say. We're just going to kind of do our own thing. But man, I'm so zealous for God to speak. I'm so hungry for mm -hmm. God to speak through prophecy, to speak through people. My life has been radically changed by prophetic words. I've gotten words of prophecy. And I'm not saying I've gotten them to give, but I've received them and they've mm -hmm. radically changed my destiny. I've mm -hmm. given words that radically changed my destiny. 
And so I'm really, really passionate about that. I do believe, as you said, Vlad, it is for everybody. I think this whole idea of only the preacher can move in the power of God. I think that's going away. It's dying. Mm -hmm. I hope it is. The only the man of God, only the prophet, only the pastor can do this. I think we have that mindset when I believe there's coming a day where everyone's going to prophesy, as Paul said. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to lay hands on the sick. Everybody's going to cast out demons. Everyone's going to go and walk in the authority to do miraculous signs and wonders. And largely, that's how the um, New Testament church functioned. In the Old Testament, it was special prophets, mm -hmm. special apostles, special people. And the New Testament, God says, I'm going to give, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. So that means the mm -hmm. thousands of people watching, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The veil is going to be torn. The separation is going to be removed. And now every single one of you, not just the special prophet like the Old Testament, but every single one of you can prophesy. You can speak for God. So now mm -hmm. think about this, guys. It went from only the special man of God who was consecrated from birth, the Nazarite maybe it would be, or just the Old Testament prophet. Only he mm -hmm. could do miraculous signs and wonders. Now, the school teacher could lay hands on the sick. The Walmart mm -hmm. employee can drive out demons. The Starbucks barista could speak for God. The stay-at-home mom could receive a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. I mean, the construction worker can lay hands on the job site and heal the sick. Why? Because the veil's been torn. There's no more of this special hierarchy of only mm -hmm. the man of God, which there is there is room for that in the office of the prophet, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here mm -hmm. but i think it's important to know everybody can do this it'll it's going to be normal someday to cast out devils raise the dead mm -hmm. uh pr pray speak in tongues prophesy all these things and again you just said first corinthians 14 31 we all can prophesy i want to mention mm -hmm. one thing here and then I'll, I'll pass it to one of you guys if you look at first corinthians 14 32 which is the next verse i want to just mm -hmm show someone this because a lot of times people say well prophecy has to be spontaneous it has to be like when the spirit comes then we can do it but that's actually not what paul teaches he says this remember the people who prophesy so that's me and you the people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns this is mm -hmm. this is crazy because a lot yeah, of people like, say, well, you can't teach prophecy, right? Have you heard that, Pagani? You can't teach prophecy. Yeah. It has God. to be spontaneous. And Paul says, actually, you're in control of your spirit. And right now, I can prophesy over any one of you. Like, it's, it's, right. it's a spiritual gift that we have the power to control because it's our spirit, the spirit of God prophesying, speaking through us. And so Paul makes it inc incredibly clear. All of you can prophesy. The next verse he says, you can do it one by one. So don't just 20 of you at one time try to prophesy. Do mm -hmm. order. Take your turn prophesying. And we could all be encouraged when you're prophesying. We can all learn. So we know now we can learn through prophecy and we can be encouraged through prophecy. So tonight, we're technically prophesying. We're speaking on behalf of God, speaking words from God, and you guys are learning and you guys are being encouraged. So there's an mm -hmm. element tonight of active prophecy as we're speaking. But I just love that how it's not spontaneous. And I, when I first started prophesying, they would say, oh, we're going to get, you know, have a line, a prayer line, and you're going to prophesy over people. I was like, I can't do that. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, I actually can do that because, again, yeah. I'm in control of my spirit to be able to prophesy. And God God wants everybody to walk in this. God wants all of us to do this. And the last thing I'll say is I think for a lot of people, they think, oh, I just don't have the gift. Remember, guys, you can lay hands on the sick without the gift of healing. Okay? Mm -hmm. the, the gifts of the spirit are dramatic 
extraordinary manifestations. So you don't have to just have the special gift of prophecy to prophesy. You all can, but there is a dramatic manifestation of the gift mm -hmm. of prophecy. So I want to be clear that you can perform miracles without the gift of miracles. You can lay hands on the sick without the gift of, of healing. And you can mm -hmm. also prophesy without waiting for God to give you some gift. Because remember, the Bible says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, that mm -hmm. God now, think about this chat, God is mm -hmm. reconciling us back to him. Through mm -hmm. us, God is reconciling people back to back to him. So through us, God speaks through us and reconciles the world to himself through us. So God is actively speaking through all of us. We've been given the, men, the ministry of reconciliation. So yes, we all can speak on behalf of God. I think it's important that we know nobody's exempt from this. You guys have thoughts on that? Yeah, well, the first Corinthian also, just to help everyone understand that I think there's an element of corporate pro prophetic utterances that I believe that every time that we gather, because the Apostle Paul wrote this, it's it's in 1 Corinthians 14 when he says, how come is it that when we all gather together, one of you has a song, one of you has a preaching, one of you has a special revelation, which means every time that we come together and gather in a corporate setting, mm -hmm. God, God deposits a word that he wants to release to the people. Good. So it's mm -hmm. always there. It's never about the feeling. It's about the gathering. Once you gather, the text mm -hmm. says, one of you has a psalm, one of you has this, one of you has mm -hmm. that. Second thing is, is that um, Isaiah mentioned it before. Why would the Apostle Paul use the word desire if God didn't, God didn't desire okay. for us to open the playing Good. field? So that, mm -hmm. The concept of desire to prophesy and to desire to speak in tongues removes the hierarchy right there. That means anybody can desire it. That's and good. if you're in the right place and in your, and your heart is in the right posture, you can make yourself available to release according to your proportion of faith. Romans chapter 12 said that each one prophesy according to the proportion of faith. This mm -hmm. is why it goes back to do not despise prophecy. Now, mm -hmm. rightly, you know, I can hear the pastor because I'm, I'm, you know, 20, 20 years as a, as a senior pastor, I can, I, I can hear the pastor saying to themselves, well, I don't despise prophecy. I'm Pentecostal, you know, I'm spirit filled. Mm -hmm. The word despise in the, in the, in the Greek doesn't mean hatred. It means to be cruel. It means mm -hmm. to be cruel. So in context, it means don't be cruel towards the prophetic. This is why I like the way the King James Version says it. It's the, the, the word despise is the Greek word contempt. Do not be in contempt. Mm -hmm. Contempt is a judicial term. It's the court's way of saying that the prosecutor is moving beyond evidence and facts and becoming cruel with the witness and with the suspect and moving beyond uh, legalities and making it personal. So mm -hmm. in, 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 in the way it really should be read is do not be cruel towards the prophetic so or prophesying. How mm -hmm. do we do that, Pastor? When we say things like this, oh, everybody want to be a prophet. And when we start, oh, there they go. Someone so is not a prophet. When, when we have a critical mindset and a That's critical good. view, and we, what we're doing is we're not hating prophecy. You can possibly be a spiritual believer and hate prophecy and hate the mm -hmm. prophetic because mm -hmm. we're prophetic people. Mm -hmm. But when you're cruel for whatever reason, because of maybe a recent fa uh, failures of some, uh, in the prophetic, maybe some bad experience that you've had, maybe you are the recipient of a false prophetic word, even in the midst of all of that, God is saying, keep your heart pu 
pure and don't get into the place where you're now becoming cruel. You can't have God manifest in a cruel environment towards something that he wants to use to release. So mm -hmm. I just want to just let everyone know that, yes, when you have an embraceive, uh, expect, expectant atmosphere in a church, God will begin to deposit it and God will begin to release prophetic utterances through God's people, both from the leadership in the church and the lay person in the congregation. So good. And I would add to that uh, uh, such a, a beautiful encouragement, uh, Apostle Pagani. Uh, prophecy is not just also exposing everybody's sin. I think you know, we it. see this a lot in the New Testament where, you know, Paul tells us about encouraging, about exhortation. And, you know, it's pretty much uh, like they say, it's, it's getting gold out of pretty much somebody's dirty life because you don't need to have a prophetic gift to spot somebody's sin. You don't even mm. need to have a lot of discernment. You can pretty much look at the guy and say that he's struggling with lust and you are 90% correct. And so, <laughs> uh, but it takes a prophetic gift to get through the clutter of the the humanity, the, the struggle that we face and to pull somebody's destiny. And I'm not talking about patting somebody on the back and just say some nice things like, you know, hey, you're a little flower in the field or like <laughs> prophesy money into them or relationships into them, how a lot of people just kind of like just all positive stuff, but right. pulling exactly the, the destiny. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 and Paul goes from, you know, 24 to, to 25 and he talks about how the secrets of people's hearts will be revealed. And it doesn't even say that these people who have their secrets be revealed, that they will repent. It says that they will worship God. And mm. we always think that a prophecy always has to lead to repentance. And ultimately, that's the goal. But right. the idea here is that it pulls on something that the Creator placed inside of that person that causes that person to recognize that I am not an accident. God has a purpose for my life, that I am bigger than my mistake. I am bigger than my problem. You know, I remember the first time that I, I got a, a prophetic word that I would say the change changed the trajectory of my life. It Good. was like the Samuel and David encounter for me. Because I grew up in a very strict Pentecostal church where most of the prophetic words were like, judgment you know uh, there's a sin in the camp and i'm gonna go and make everybody sick and your children are, are gonna suffer it was almost like pronouncing curses i and, right. and a lot of people were getting sick their kids were get, leaving the church and pretty much a lot of the fulfillment of the, those prophetic words were there so i was always very afraid of prophets and when i was a teenager like prophets i, I was scared of them i was not scared of the pastors i was scared of the prophets because they wow. can say stuff and it's gonna come true and so i remember i'm about 14 years of age my uncle, he already kind of made me preach at the age of 13 and a half. So um, I'm preaching on Sunday mornings. He takes us on Sunday nights to this uh, other churches actually around Seattle area, Spokane and Portland area for us to practice more preaching. We're like 14 years of age and we need to have like two preachings on Sunday to practice. Anyway, so I'm preaching at this little church like six minute sermon. Um, and this lady comes afterwards. She like jerks my hand. I mean like mean she doesn't even ask my name nothing she just pulls me out to herself older lady and she looks at me with these like fire in her eyes i could still even describing i could see her eyes and she looks at me and she says that when you were speaking i saw a vision and she says in the vision i saw a trumpet in your mouth mm. and she says but noise wasn't coming out she says a fire was coming out and she looks at me i'm 14 years of age i'm into bicycles and girls i'm doing this whole thing because my uncle told me to do this come on and she says 
don't be afraid, but you will preach the gospel, you will prophesy, Come on. and there will be fire coming out of your mouth. You know, and, and, and a trumpet is something that magnifies the sound. A trumpet is something that pretty much, you know, makes the sound go further. And only now I see the fulfillment of through media, through the books, how at 14 years of age that calling was there and somebody through the prophetic, you know, tapped into that, pulled it out and it changed the trajectory of my life. It caused my life to go in a different direction. It's kind of like when Prophet Samuel came to Saul, you know, and on Saul's mind there was donkeys you know he came to Samuel for donkeys he didn't come for kingdom he wasn't looking for anything like that and he had donkeys on his mind and the prophet tells him he says tomorrow I will tell you what's on your heart oh wow. by the way concerning your donkeys they already have been found so what's been on his heart wasn't donkeys they were on his mind and the prophetic cuts through the mind, cuts through the worry, the, the struggles, what I'm dealing with, the bills, the, all of these things that I'm going through right now. It cuts through all of that and goes into something that Saul carried. Saul wanted to be a king. I don't think he admitted to himself probably that he wanted to be a king. And the prophetic goes straight for the heart, exposes the secret of that heart and changes the trajectory of his life. And so and I think the prophetic is so important because it can really change somebody's life. So good. And I think too, I want to add to that, Vlad, it doesn't just change the person's life. I've gotten my life changed more prophesying over people. And here's why, because I'm like, God's speaking through me. Like God is not mm. only hearing me, but I'm hearing God. And I don't care who you are. It feels amazing to be able to hear from God, to walk up to someone and say, hey, God told me to tell you this. And they start crying, saying, how did you know that? I was just five seconds ago praying, saying, God, if you're real, speak this to me. Or God, if you're real, have someone tell me this. And then you heard from God, you went and spoke. And it's like, they get blessed, you get blessed. And I think that's why in 1 Corinthians 14, I just wanted to talk about real quick desiring. Paul says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts okay because i know there's still people that say we shouldn't go after it, we shouldn't ask for it and then paul says so desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy for one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to god for no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit on the other hand the one who prophesies speaks to people further upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want, and this is Paul, okay? And this is gonna ruffle feathers, I love it. Paul says this, not Isaiah, Paul says this. I want all of you to speak in tongues. So that's what Paul says. I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more than that, I want you all to prophesy. The one who prophesies is actually greater, this is the words of Paul, than the one Come who on. speaks in tongues, unless Come someone on. interprets so the church might be built up. Mm -hmm. So of all the spiritual gifts of miracles, of tongues, of wisdom, of discernment, of healing, great, they're all amazing. Paul says the greatest one is prophecy, to be a special, like especially useful, especially pursue this one mm -hmm. and desire so this good. one. So we have to want to move into this and want to move on and want to go deeper. I would say something bold, if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s and you're a Christian and you've never prophesied, at some point you have to start getting frustrated and saying, why am I 50 years old and I've been in church my entire life and I've never prophesied? And here Paul comes along saying, why are you not desiring this? Why are you not pursuing this? Why are you not asking God? And we're going to show you this later in a practical way, how to get a prophetic word, but why are you not asking God to speak through you? Why are you not asking for prophetic dreams, right? We're not just talking about prophetic words, prophetic visions, prophetic experiences, maybe you're a prophetic psalmist. Why are you not asking God these things? And maybe you are 50 or 60 or 70 and right. you're, you're thinking like, 
you're having a moment going, I've never prophesied. I've never walked up to someone inspired by the spirit of God and said, I think God is saying this. Now, when I prophesy, you guys could touch on this as well. I always say, I feel like, because I want to make sure I leave room because I'm human. I don't get it every single time. And I know people are going to make videos say, see, Isaiah is a false prophet. He misses the mark. The Bible says that we prophesy in part. So we Mm -hmm. are, none of us are 150% accurate with every single word. But guess what? I would rather be sinking in water than dry in the boat. Like I would rather Mm -hmm. step out, leave room for whether it's a mess up, whether it's missing the mark. So I will oftentimes say, hey, I feel like God is saying this. Is mm-hmm. this right? And I don't just walk away. I'm like, hey, tell me if I'm wrong or right. I'm not yeah. into this whole fake, like, oh, you got healed, and the next week you're in the hospital. Like, am I right or not? Is the word correct or not? And so I think it's important we have integrity. But I really, I know we're stressing this point a lot of desiring, desiring, desiring. This is where you have to say, I'm getting out of the kiddie pool. I'm taking off my door of the Explorer floaties, and I want to go deeper with God. I'm tired of fishing. Some of you are like fishing in two feet of water, and you're like, why am I not catching anything? And God says, Peter, go deeper. The fish aren't in the shell end friend the shallow end's okay to get used to the water but you got to go deeper where the souls are where the fish are where the people are and get into these things the deeper things of god that god desires because here's why it's important okay it builds up other people it, it builds up the church and god wants you to use you to build his church and so it's a very important thing and also you said this earlier pagani i think it was prophecies also or i think vlad said it, a sign of the spirit being poured out in joel 2 right mm-hmm. I will pour up my flesh, you will prophesy. So in a real revival, in a real move of God, it's not just louder music, louder services, longer preaching, which I love all that. Obviously, you guys know I'm as loud as they get. But it is letting prophecy happen, letting deliverance happen, letting miracles happen. When you start seeing people prophesy in a service, that's the sign the Holy Spirit is being poured out. So how are we having these dry, dead services where nobody's prophesying, no one's doing deliverance, nobody's doing miracles, and we're saying it's revival? That's not revival. Revival is when God begins to move into a situation, speak into a situation, stir up Mm -hmm. the atmosphere, convict the people a prophetic person or prophetic preacher is convicting right because god is convicting Mm -hmm. he comes and confronts and builds up and tears down and so i want to just note that the importance of desiring prophecy wanting to prophesy and to challenge some of you that are older that have never prophesied to stop and say oh why have i never prophesied i'm there's no condemnation thank the lord but also there's Mm -hmm. conviction for you to say man i need to change because i want a desire to prophesy the gift of prophecy as well as uh, being in a prophetic environment, it's the same way as being in a worshipful environment. Um, It has to be expressed consistently, guys. You know, so the least you express it, then obviously the more you're going to get accustomed to not expressing it. So the more you do it, the more you desire it the more you place yourself in god's hands and go for it you're gonna find yes maybe in the beginning Mm -hmm. you might slip and slide a little bit but regardless of slipping and sliding you're doing something supernatural you're at least walking on the water regardless if you sink like peter at least you're doing something that the the other 11 were not doing you know so we want to encourage you that there's only one way to begin to prophesy is go out and prophesy trust God, that the Holy Spirit in you is bigger than I'm going to be in emotionalism later. Don't even, I'm telling you, people prophesy more accurately than those that miss it. The, the percentage of those that miss it and his emotionalism is so low. Let's not make the minority the majority. 
That's God good. is speaking more accurately than, than a person doing it through soulish prophecies. We tend to highlight so much the soulish and the false prophecy, and those things do exist, and we'll get into that towards the end. And the reason why we're going to save that towards the end is because the prophetic is not to be dealt with, like Pastor Vlad said, in the realm of the critical. It's Come in the on. realm of the embracing. You embrace it. You throw yourself in. I was prophesying yesterday, and I'm exactly, I'm I'm just like Isaiah. I prophesied yesterday to a, uh, one of my spiritual sons, a pastor, gave him the word of the Lord, gave him accurately, and then I do this, because I'm not afraid. I said, does this bear witness with you? Speak mm -hmm. to me. Let me know if I'm, I'm on point, because I myself need the encouragement, and I need to make sure that my gift is also being sharpened. The only way it gets sharpened is actually throwing yourself out there. And let me just say, if love is your motivation, you're going to be all right. Come if on. If love is your motivation, you're going to be fine. So good. I, I wanted good. to touch on this as well. Prophecy has a way of opening people to the gospel. And and Vlad, good. you talked about this. First Corinthians 14, 24 says, that, but, but if all of you are prophesying and an unbeliever or someone who doesn't understand the things come into the meeting, they will be convicted of their sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, the secrets, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they'll fall on their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. So prophecy proves that God is among us, God is with us, yeah. and it differentiates us from all the other religions. Okay, Allah does not speak through people. Mary, no. I, I, I know, I know I'm gonna get in trouble here, it's okay though. Mary does not speak through people. Joseph Smith does not speak through people. Um, Ellen White does not speak through people. All these other people are people that are worshipped or false gods or Muhammad or whatever, Buddha. They don't speak through people. Our God speaks through us. And that is proof. This is what Bible says. They quote, this is the quote, God is truly among you. So if you're right. at work now, this, this transcends just church services. We know this, right? If you're at work and someone's in the Starbucks drive-thru, I used to prophesy over people in the Starbucks drive-thru when I first got saved. And that was like great, good practice, right? Cause I only have about 20 seconds till you have to drive off. So if I mess up, you're just going to drive off and I'm good to go. Right. But I would prophesy to people through the Starbucks drive-thru and they would break down crying. I got in trouble for it, but it's okay. They would break down crying and they would be like, God is with you. God is here. God, wow. it, it, it brings the presence, like Lord. not just the presence of God, but the present reality of God in the midst. So when you're outside of Walmart talking to someone, all of a sudden God drops a prophetic word on you, a word of knowledge on you. Hey, I saw okay. you went through this, which would be a word of knowledge, but God is saying this, that's the word of prophecy. So the word of knowledge and the word of prophecy work together. Okay. And all of a sudden they start crying going, how did you know that? God told me and God is among us and that's what these people say and so if we're not using this as a valuable tool to reach people you're doing it harder not smarter God wants to speak to you through you to them to reconcile people back to himself I tell you right now an atheist I had a word I think I shared this on a few broadcasts ago but I was at in and out when I had first gotten saved and I saw an image of this guy in and out laying on on his pillow in his bed looking at the ceiling saying there has to be more to life than this so I go up to this guy start talking to him hey you know I what what are you doing here blah 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 and we start I said what do you think about God which is a question I like to ask people because it's non-confrontational it's just hey what do you think about God oh I don't mm -hmm. believe in God I'm an atheist which I already knew because God had told me and I said hey mm -hmm. I was an atheist a few weeks ago and God radically changed changed my life and all this and I and so I started using that vision which was a word of prophecy a word of knowledge a word of um, revelation and I said man I remember so many nights this is what I told the guy in and out in and out's a burger joint if you don't know okay maybe you're in like England you're like what's in and out it's a restaurant that you get cheeseburgers but 
I said, man, I remember laying in my head, I'm laying on my pillow so many nights after partying and drinking, looking at my ceiling, crying, saying there has to be more to life than this. And he breaks down crying it in and out, saying, man, that's what I've been going through. The point of it is this, he recognized God is truly here. How is this random guy in and out gonna walk up to me and say, I've been laying my head on my pillow, staring at the ceiling, crying, saying there has to be more when this guy just did that, right? He said, I've been doing that. So these words of wisdom or knowledge or prophecy, we can use them to minister to people, to convict people, because it brings them to conviction and to expose their thoughts. I exposed his secret thoughts. Nobody knew he was thinking that. And so it might say, and a word I've gotten before for people is, hey, this person struggles to get out of bed. And so I might go up to him and say, hey, God God showed me. I know you've had a hard time recently getting out of bed. It's been, you're having depression, anxiety, and they start crying. And that's something I went through. Nobody knew, but I used to sleep in because I didn't want to get out of bed because I was depressed and nobody, well, Isaiah loved sleeping in. Well, no, I didn't love sleeping in. I was depressed. And so I would, I would stay in bed till noon and one o'clock and many in the chat go through that, right? And I would bring, I would tell people that and then God would heal them God would deliver them so don't don't undervalue this prophecy because it could reach people and it could speak to people why don't we go into if you guys are down what are some ways God can give us prophetic revelation or words obviously it's not just hearing God give us a word but there's other ways um impressions visions dreams audible voice of God I wanted to note this as well as we go into this we're not translating the word, we're interpreting it. I think you saw, some one of you said that earlier. So when we, in the Old Testament, they would translate the word. So they, thus says the Lord. They would say it word for word the way God would say it. In the New Testament, we're not translating, so we don't have to thus says the Lord. We're actually interpreting the message. And the difference mm-hmm. is, translating's word for word, interpretation's the general message. So if God gives us a prophetic word, our job is not to, the Lord says thus, our job is to give the general message of what God is saying, whether that's an impression, whether that's a picture, whether that's a feeling, whether it's a small voice, what are some ways that maybe you guys have gotten prophetic words or prophetic revelation, or maybe some thoughts you guys have on the way God could speak to us prophetically? Go ahead, Pastor Vlad. Um, what you've highlighted, uh, Isaiah, I, I would say bodily sensations. Sometimes you would feel it That's in your good. body, a particular, uh, a particular thing. I'm reminded of the scriptures where it says in um, Numbers chapter 12, verse 8, that God says, I speak to him audibly and in visions, not in mysteries. Mm. If he can gaze at the image of the Lord, why aren't you afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So uh, God almost differentiated, um, you know, and here, of course, he's talking about the office of a prophet more than he's talking about the very gift of prophecy. But still, it gives us a little, a little um, like a cue into this where he says, I speak to him audibly. I speak to him in visions, not in mysteries. That means that there are people that God speaks to in mysteries, in riddles. And it takes a little bit of time to figure out what actually that means. That's one of the right. reasons why sometimes prophets get it wrong is because not every prophetic word is audible. Some in visions and you can see a vision and the way you explain it it takes you to intelligence to explain it properly and there are some people who don't even have a vision they just have a riddle and to be able to articulate that it takes takes some time and so and one translation says so i speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles he has seen my form how dare you speak against my servant moses um nlt says i speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles so, so that tells that god can also speak in riddles and in mysteries sometimes special like in the dream where you get it and you wake up you clearly, clearly know what that means sometimes you wake up you know it's god 
You just have no idea what it means. And so, right. um, and that riddle and that mystery. And so if you go quickly and start telling that to that person that you got the dream from without getting a sense of interpretation right. of what it means, then you can get yourself, of course, into a lot of trouble and cause a lot of confusion. And so, right. so, but it's important to understand that there's not just one way that God speaks. I think all of us will have a particular way that we're more um, open to and we, we're more exposed to Perfect because language. we practice that. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but there's other ways that God can speak too. And I, for me, this verse really helped to even understand why some people get their prophetic words wrong, why some people get their dates wrong um, concerning right. that is because of that, that mystery, the riddle part that God says, I speak also in these areas, but to Moses, he's on a different level. And so that helps us to understand that. So good. You, you know, to piggyback what you're saying, Pastor Vlad, so good. You know, you use the word uh, riddles. And let me just, for those of you that are listening, you know, um, in that text in Numbers chapter 11, he says dreams, visions, and then he went into riddles. Those are the three successions of maturation, depending on what your maturity level is. The more you pursue God, the more you begin to mature in the things of God, God doesn't speak to you in riddles. He speaks to you face to face like mm, he did with Moses. Good. Moses paid the price. All right. If you're new to the prophetic, then God begins to speak to you in dreams. And in dreams, everything is hinged upon symbolism, which means one thing doesn't mean that thing. It what's that thing represents. Let me give you an example. So how Pastor Vlad coined it where sometimes we interpret it wrong. Let's say you have a dream that someone died. I'm telling you that in God's prophetic language, dying in a dream does not mean a person is going to die in That's real good. life. So here you are, you go and you tell them, I had a dream last night, you're gonna die. Now the spirit of fear grips this person and they have no idea what they're doing wrong. Um, and now they're getting tormented and that's because uh, Death in a dream is a riddle depending on your maturation. Now, what do I mean by that is this, is death means the ending of one thing and the beginning of something else. That's all that death means. Death means the way you know them now is about to die and something new is about to happen. But if you don't know that and if you're pessimistic because of religion and denominationalism or maybe TikTok, TikTok pre prophecies, prophets and all this stuff. Now you're going and you're telling somebody, now you're the carrier of the opposite of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that says edification, exhortation and comfort. Knowing that you're gonna die, that is not comforting. It's not edifying and <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely uh, doesn't exhort. So it's yeah. all dependent upon, this is why Samuel had the company of the prophets it was a gathering of prophetic people, specifically those called to the prophetic, so that way they could understand heaven's language within the prophetic, and they're not making a mess of things by deciphering mm -hmm. it wrong. This is why schools of the prophetic and the prophets are of the Lord, just like this school of ministry for us to become a pastor. All mm -hmm. of that is included, just like you go into a school of singing for the worship team to sing at the church. They have practice on certain particular days. Mm -hmm. Why? To get the novice uh, in their understanding to become more mature. The more mature you are, the clearer it, it becomes. And now you can be able to prophesy with clarity, with, you know, you know, with, with, uh, with understanding exactly what God's saying. And you're not speaking enigmatic with people. And then they're walking away trying to decipher what you're actually, what you're actually saying. 
So good. So and I will say what holds people back on a practical level from prophesying is, and I want to ask you guys a question after this, but is thinking they're going to get the entire word before they start giving the word. So let me give you guys an example. First Corinthians 13, nine says, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And then listen to what he says, Paul, and even the gift of prophecy only reveals part of the whole picture. So this is what Paul is saying. When we prophesy, we're getting pieces to a puzzle. We don't get the whole puzzle. And many of you have gotten prophetic words, not like some gave you it but you've gotten them from god to give to someone else and you didn't give the word and i'm going to tell you why you didn't give the word because you were waiting for the whole puzzle you were waiting for god to make it to make it make mm -hmm. sense i have given thousands of prophetic words that in my mind made no sense because it was a piece to the puzzle and they had another piece and they're like that makes absolute sense and i'm like how they're like because you didn't know this with this with this and all i needed mm -hmm. was that last piece to be able to hear exactly what god was saying so oftentimes when we're prophesying it's like getting puzzle pieces that we're trying to put together. We're trying to figure out Jesus mm -hmm. spoke in parables. And the reason mm -hmm. why he did it, people ask, was to hide the truth so that only those that were hungry for God would gain understanding. Here's what he said in, in Matthew 13, 13. I speak to them in parables. Okay, this is riddles, mysteries, in pu puzzles, right? Because seeing, they don't see. And hearing, they don't hear. And understanding, they don't understand. So he says, I'm speaking in a way that you have to pursue me to get the translation. You have to desire mm -hmm. me to know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. That's why a parent wraps a Christmas present or a birthday present. It's so you could see the joy of your child unwrapping it. That's the reason you wrap it. Because there's joy when they start unwrapping it. That's why God hides these things and shrouds them mm -hmm. in mystery. So that if I give you a prophetic word that's mysterious and you're like, and I don't really know what it means, and I give it to you and you're like, what does that mean? It causes you to seek the Lord, unwrap the present, and in the unwrapping, you're seeking God and there's joy when God gives you the mystery. Though that's the reason why Jesus spoke in parables. It was so only those right. that were hungry mm -hmm. would be able to truly get the word. Mm -hmm. And again, I've made, I've given tons of words that don't make sense. I And if I waited on them to make sense, I would have never gave the word. So don't wait on them to, mm -hmm. to make sense. I'm going to say for me, when I'm prophesying, and then and then Pagani, I'll, I would love to ask, like, on the most practical sense, what is going through your head? Like, I look at guys that give, say, words of knowledge. Like, Mario Murillo, good friend of mine, gives the craziest words of knowledge. And I was right. backstage one day with him. I said, Mario, how do you do it? And he starts giving me the theological answer. I'm like, Mario, I don't want the theological answer. I want what is going through your head when you're getting these <laughs> words of knowledge. And he said, oh... I see this or I see images. Right. That's what I'm asking. I'm like, Mario, yeah. I want to know exactly practical. So for me, when I'm prophesying on the most practical way, no notes, I'm just prophesying. I'll usually either see an image and it's not like it just pops up. It's like it superimposes itself over the natural. Like I see it in my mind's eye, like in my mind, even though my eyes are open, I can see an image of something. That's usually how my prophetic words start. When I see the image, I'll oftentimes spend a second, Lord, what is that? And then I'll go to them and say, hey, I'm seeing this image. And then when, I'm, when I start telling them what I'm seeing, God starts downloading the word of prophecy onto me. And when I open my mouth, God gives me another word. So when I'm prophesying, mm -hmm. I don't have like 15 sentences ready to go. It's just as I'm speaking in faith, God is speaking right. through me. And it's very uncomfortable often because it's like knowing you can swim, but you've never swam before and you jump in the deep end. And you're like, I know I know how to do this, but I've never done it. It's like this trusting. You have to trust God when you do it. Yeah. So when I'm doing it, I, I will either get an image or I will, I, I try to look people in the eye. That's kind of for me when I get like revelation or I'll just get one phrase. So it might mm -hmm. be like, 
God is doing this, right? Or God is saying this. And it's one phrase. And I'm like, well, Lord, that's only a five second word. Like I can't give them that because it's only five seconds. And it's basically what God told Abraham. When you go to the land, I'm going to show you. Abraham's like, where am I going? He's like, just go and I'll show you. But like, where are mm -hmm. we going? And God's like, go. And so every step Abraham takes, God shows him what, what's the next step. That's for me. And that's just me. How when I prophesy, it's God giving me one word. I step out. He gives me another word. The question I would ask to many of you is why would God give you a word if, you, if he knows you're not going to give it? If God knows mm -hmm. you're not going to give that word to somebody, he's not going to trust you. So the more yeah. you step out and give words, the more trustworthy God's going to see you are and the more he's going to speak to you. So that's how I do. I go up to someone. Get a, get a download. Hey, this is what God is saying. And as I'm giving it, God is giving me more. That's for me the most practical way I prophesy. Pagani, give me some advice on like what is going through your head while you're prophesying. Are you getting the word before? Are you getting the word during? Do you write it down? Like in the most practical sense, how do you prophesy? Actually, it's a mixture of all of those because I'm so used to flowing in the prophetic. But ideally, I get, I get imagery in my head, you okay. know, and most of not all the imagery is like like biblical things it, it's just an image of something and then i'm left to decipher it within seconds and i understand exactly like what that what that imagery mm -hmm. means to me the second way that comes to me at least more frequently when i'm dealing and i'm prophesying to pastors when i prophesy to pastors it comes to me a little bit different a biblical story appears in my spirit that's good like, what, the word of the Lord that I gave to the apostle that I was prophesying to yesterday, who's my spiritual son, I saw Laban, Jacob and Laban, like immediately just the story of Jacob and Laban. And I, I knew because I already know the story, I don't have to decipher it. I, I already know the story. So what mm -hmm. I did was I began to prophesy according to what I saw. So I'll initially start off saying, I hear the spirit of the Lord saying that you are in a place just like Jacob was with Laban and X, Y, and Z. And next thing I know, as I begin to unfold Good. the story itself, other dimensions of the same story begin to drop in my spirit. Mm -hmm. And I find myself so exploring various avenues of just that one story. And I had to tell them, I said, you're going to come into a season where I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a portion of what I told them. I said, the Spirit of the Lord says, you're surrounded by someone over you uh, and where you're at, that's like Laban, and they're thinking merchandising off of you. They're merchandising off of you because they know the hand of the Lord is upon you. But the Spirit of the Lord says, you're going to take the spotted sheep. You're going to take your members and you're going to go mm. and you're going to move. And when you migrate, mm. God says Laban is going to pursue you. The person is going to come after you and try to think that you're, and I began to just prophesy to him. Wow. This morning, I got the call. I'm not even exaggerating. This morning, I got the call to confirm everything 24 hours later it, it happened like literally wow. this morning he called me i saw a voice message and i when i went to listen to it it was a so initially um when i'm dealing with the average member i'll get an image i'll get an impression i'll get an inspiration the holy spirit will give me something you know and i'll move by faith other times he'll just show me the whole thing you know like that's an open vision that that probably requires a whole nother broadcast just to deal with prophets and open vision i'll just get the whole thing you know but when i'm dealing with pastors he'll shift it because the apostle paul said uh, to those that are of reputation i ministered a little bit differently he actually said that so mm -hmm. i know that pastors and leaders think scripturally and if you go at them with experiential emotionalism the average pastor will close themselves off because they'll spend more time saying is this emotionalism or not but god gives it to me through scripture so the whole thing will just be like download it into my spirit and i'll begin to prophesy the scripture without quoting it i'll just i'll fit That's the good. pieces of the person's life so in good. the story 
story and they're like, oh my God, I'm dealing with that. And not only that, it will deal with the pastoral skepticism or the ministerial skepticism that comes with a lot of believers that get more mature because sometimes as we mature, we get, we tend to be more skeptical. We're like, where's that in the Bible? So that's mm -hmm. kind of like how, that, at least the primary way where I prophesy. And I'll leave it there so that Vlad could jump in and share how the Lord gives it to him. Um, I, I would agree. Actually, I really am encouraged to hear that because a lot of times that's how mainly that I receive uh, those words in the form of a biblical story. And the moment that's I good. begin to mention it, then it just the details begin to kind of fill themselves in yes. and as well as um, in an image um, as uh, Isaiah and uh, Apostle Pagani, you guys mentioned it. So thank you for sharing awesome. that. Awesome. What about this, okay? And these is like, again, I, I hope, I want this broadcast to be practical for those listening so where it's not just, mm -hmm. oh, you gave us a bunch of scriptures, but you didn't tell us what to do. Do you guys yeah. ever get words? And I'm asking you guys this legitimately. Do you guys ever get words or a story or something somebody went through? Because we know like, word of knowledge and prophecy they cross lines right they weave back and forth so you'll get a word of knowledge with a word of prophecy with a word of knowledge like they kind of work together do you guys ever get store or like something somebody went through or download that you don't tell the person like is there ever a time where we prophesy or we get a word from god and it's like let's example somebody was molested as a child or whatever they went through a certain trauma and you don't tell them that you just tell them like Hey, God, I, I see some trauma from your past that God wants to heal. Like, do you guys think we should give people the exact thing God gives us or do you use discretion of like, hey, maybe just because God told me it, I shouldn't always say it, right? I think a lot of people think if God says it to me, I should go tell the person. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Maybe we could butt heads here. Yeah. Maybe we could disagree. No, just, what just, What do you guys just, think about that? Yeah. Getting, getting something that's like, maybe I shouldn't I tell think, them. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think you, 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 you said something earlier that I think prophets and those of you that are watching that are a little bit more mature in the prophetic and that you're, you're beginning to launch out understand the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet yes so god is working with the mm -hmm. god is working with our human spirit so it's god the holy spirit and then us working with the holy spirit and we're mm -hmm. doing we're co-laboring together what's mm -hmm. beautiful about that is it's not all god it's God and then using through us, right? Mm -hmm. But then again, it's not all us, it's God through us. Now, why am I saying that is, is at least for me and for what I've seen is that there are moments that the Holy Spirit is, well, at least I believe that he's always protecting the dignity and the integrity of the person receiving the prophetic utterance. So if the Holy Spirit showed me that they were being raped, and I'm prophesying, I got the mic. I'm not gonna say that on the yes, mic because I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to categorize and label this person mm -hmm. now. Like, oh, this is the sister or the brother that got raped. So what I'll do is I'll exclude all of that stuff, and I might speak into their ear and say, "This is what the Lord is telling me." And other times, I'll just bypass that. Yes, I might tell it to them after the service. And say, "Let me tell you what I really saw." I didn't want to say it publicly in front of everybody, you know. But I think. As we begin to prophesy, and the love covers a multitude of sin, it also covers mm -hmm. a multitude of trauma. It also That's covers good. a multitude of issues. All right, so the Holy Spirit will show it to you, and then you can you can pick apart and reword it and still yes. say the same thing without putting that person on blast because i know that i've seen it in my early days i'll just release the word of the lord and the person is embarrassed mm. the person feels some type of way they got ministered to and they never came back to the church because they didn't want to be categorized and then now that things are on video you forget about it now it's oh, captured yeah. in the moment on mm -hmm. tiktok you know so i would say that there is a moment where the holy spirit you're working with the holy spirit and he trusts you 
to mm-hmm. word it in such a way that will protect the integrity of the person without distorting the content and the severity of what God is trying to communicate with the person. I love That's that. So good. Yes, That's guys. So good. I, just I remember because... one time. Go ahead. I'm gonna just just add to that. Uh, if a person, for example, has a pornography and God reveals that, you know, like instead of saying that they have a porn addiction, you know, to come alongside and say, "Hey, God is bringing purity into your life." Yes. And yes. what it does is a lot of times, what it, it first of all, it turns the negative into positive because ultimately, the New Testament prophecy does have to bring people to redemption. It does have to bring. It, it's not just about showing that God knows their sin. I mean, it, it has to lead them out of it and you can't lead them out by just constantly beating with it so i do see a really really big importance and same thing i think we are responsible on how we present that prophecy god gives it to us and we can code it we can say exactly how we heard it and some people do that and actually hurts a lot of people Um, Mm -hmm. and some people they can pretty much put grace on it because we're people of the new testament and we can bring grace and then the prophecy can bring and a lot of times people can actually later on can open up and they say hey you know what there's this happened there's this happening and you're like, you know, I knew that. I just presented it in this way to bait you into confessing, into repenting and into coming and receiving redemption. So good. Yeah. I think just because yeah. what you're saying is true doesn't mean you're right. There's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm saying the truth. Yeah, but it, it wasn't right the way that you said it. And so you're again, you're interpreting a message, not translating from what God is saying. And I, mm-hmm. I would agree with both of you guys. If somebody's going through a traumatic situation or they've been through this, I often will not even say it. I'll be like, hey, God is going to heal you from the trauma of your childhood. They already know what they went through. Why do you need to tell them yeah. they lived it? They already know they're struggling. Like everybody that's struggling knows they're struggling. No one's accidentally struggling with porn. Like they know I'm watching it. I'm struggling. I need to get free from this. So I will do that same thing. Like use the discretion. I think a pitfall to the prophetic with new people prophesying, which is why we're talking about this so much is they just start saying everything God said. I saw this. I saw that, you know, there's a job season coming. It's like, what? No, you don't just go out, start prophesying everything God is saying. You need to use wisdom, discretion, love, and filter it through what the Holy Spirit is wanting you to say. And I'll just even know this sometimes god will give you a prophetic revelation dream vision trance whatever it could be god will give it to you and doesn't even want you to say anything you don't need to go around telling your brothers you're going to worship me and bow down to me right you just keep your mouth shut and you keep Mm -hmm. on going so i've gotten words and before i even give them i'm like lord do i should i even tell this person and god's like no don't tell the person just pray for them so if you get Mm -hmm. a prophetic word maybe you'll get excited you should get excited but don't get too excited to where you go right to them say hey i just got a dream of you you lost your job like you know what i mean Uh, maybe god is saying pray for them maybe god is saying uh you know uh, reach out in this way or that way but oftentimes god doesn't want you just to put them on blast just because you got the word and that's where we get into a lot of prophetic abuse going on go ahead pagani you were going to say something i cut you off there what i was going to say was to add to that is you know at least in our church you know we have a powerful intercessory team and you know they go in and and the rule of thumb is is that if the Lord does reveal along the lines of someone's going to lose their job and, you know, some calamity is happening. The primary, the, the primary function of prophecy or the prophet is preventative. Good. Jeremiah was trying to prevent them mm-hmm. from going to bondage. He was trying to prevent them by giving them the word of the Lord. So when you and God does show you, let's just say someone's sin or someone's impending calamity or whatever the case may be that should first of all break your heart in the sense of yes. drive you to your knees and second 
you could actually turn that around. You could actually turn that around by interceding and supplications unto God, mm -hmm. because even God did said that there's a key that God said with Samuel concerning Saul. Now we know mm -hmm. that initially, eventually God said, don't pray no more for Saul, because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna. Now he had to tell him to stop praying, not because God uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't want him to want to change his mind, but because all prophecy is conditional you the we can turn it around so if, if judgment is coming we can get on a fasting and a prayer Come and on. we can't move the hand of god and mm -hmm. in this situation god told samuel don't move me because if you keep praying you're gonna move me i need you to stop because i've rejected him there's a reason it's not that god is saying absolute no what he is saying is that intercession can move God. How many times was God going to destroy the children of Israel? And Moses stopped him and said, Lord, <laughs> don't do this. Count. Don't do this. And God would say, because you've changed yeah. my mind, yeah. I'm not going to do it. So those, this, this is why, and I think all of us here, including Pastor Mike, and I, we know he's watching, the demon slayers, we're not about that exposing stuff. We pray for people. We stand in the gap for people. We, we, you know, the only time we would be left with no choice to have to confront something is if it's obvious that the role of the prophet, which we're probably going to get into now, the role of the prophet goes a step further beyond the encouragement part. That's mm -hmm. when God is bringing the correction. And at times we might need to call something out, but primarily we're praying people through. So that way this situation can be turned around prophetically. So like, and if you want a scripture to, to, to prove that is the story of Jonah. Yep. God, mm -hmm. Jonah said, mm -hmm. I did not want to go over there because I knew that after I prophesied and they turn, the, the prophecy is not going to happen. So yep. I ran the other way. So this lets us know that prophecy, all of it can be shifted depending on human intervention and how we respond to that. Now, we know that most won't and prophecy will fulfill itself, but ultimately it's because they chose to not turn from their sin or whatever it is that God was saying. I'm glad you said that because prophecy mm -hmm. is conditional, okay? Just because you get a yeah. word, you go out and, you know, sleep around, party, do what you want. That word will not come to pass. You, the prophecy is conditional based on your actions. And again, we saw that with Jonah. This is why I refuse. Again, you guys could disagree with me, but I don't ever take the stance that if somebody's word doesn't come to pass, that they're a false prophet because Jonah... Mm -hmm. Word did not come to pass. His word was, God's going to destroy Nineveh. Nineveh repented. Mm -hmm. God didn't destroy the city. Was Jonah a false prophet? No. The people's actions changed the outcome. So again, I know we have this huge election prophecy thing. It was a big deal. All these people were prophesying Trump would be president. It's obvious Trump is not president. And they were all labeled false prophets. I, I'm, I never would label them that because I'm leery. I'm saying, mm -hmm. listen, if God has a word and the people don't repent, don't change, don't this, and that word doesn't come to pass, it doesn't mean it was false it means the people didn't change so if god mm -hmm. gave you so if i have a word for you that god's going to use you in a year and in one year you're going to be invited to churches you're going to be a traveling preacher okay and you get that prophetic word a year goes by i see you again and you're living with your girlfriend you're strung out on drugs and you can't even hold a job am i a false prophet for giving you the word or did you not meet the conditions the answer is mm -hmm. you didn't meet the conditions, okay? You went out, you slept mm -hmm. around, you got involved in this, you got involved in that. So there are conditions and giving a word that doesn't come to pass 
doesn't automatically by default make you a false prophet. And that, mm -hmm. that's a fact. That's actually in scripture. If you look at the marks of a false prophet, there's only, I think, one time in scripture where it says it's someone that misses the word. Usually it's people that manipulate, people that preach mixed messages, people that are mm -hmm. living worldly, lustful lives. That's a false prophet. People that don't guard the sheep. Like these are all the signs of a false prophet, not someone that gives the word. It doesn't come to pass. Pagani, if you can, let's say in five minutes, right? The, the average person watching, can you give us in like, well, you could go longer, but just an example in like five minutes, what is the difference between a prophet, the office of a prophet, you, you know, you're obviously in the office of an apostle, but the office of a prophet versus I have the gift of prophecy. Just because I have the gift of prophecy, does that automatically make me a prophet? Like, where do we draw the line? What's the difference? Because I think a lot of people think they're a prophet just because they prophesy or they think they're the, they're a prophet, right? They put it on their Facebook, mm -hmm. I'm prophet so-and-so. And I'm like, says who? You've given one prophetic word that was halfway accurate. I mean, we just nowadays, everybody's right. a prophet. Everybody's an apostle. It's on everyone's Facebook business card. And in my opinion, a lot of them are self-appointed. I think you'd agree with that. But what is the difference between the office of the prophet and somebody that has a prophetic gift that's not necessarily a prophet? Well, to answer that, that will require a long, drawn-out, uh, really Explain drawn to me out, like I'm four years old yeah, or six years a old. Drawn-out drawn out question. But there's two primary ways, all right? Number one, you can't desire to be a prophet. You could only desire to prophesy. So right there, there's a distinction uh, that Apostle Paul is saying. So you cannot desire an office, but you can desire a functioning, right? And mm -hmm. a functioning can happen depending on the disobedience of the office. So if somebody who's a prophet or the church, the local church doesn't allow prophets to move, then God will move secondarily. He'll move in the sense of whoever's available and whatever they allow in this house. Okay, so you can't desire. Second is this, um, and, it, and here's where it gets a little controversial, a little, not, not controversial, but at least not what we're used to is um, most prophets that have the office of a prophet, they're born that way. Jeremiah mm -hmm. one says, before I formed you in the womb, mm -hmm. I called you to be a prophet and I sanctified you to be a prophet unto the nation. So primarily it's given through spiritual pedigree. This is the reason why when Saul started to prophesy, the first thing they didn't ask was who was his covering and what church he went to. They said, who's his father? Mm. They said, who's, who's your father? All right. So there was this mm. spiritual genetic DNA going on. The second way you could enter into the office of a prophet is like Amos. Amos actually said that I'm not the son of a prophet. Actually, I was just a regular guy and I received a supernatural, a supernatural call. All right. Mm -hmm. The third main reason, and I think this is the main one is every person that's called to the office of a prophet is assigned to a particular territory and a functioning in the body of Christ. So it's not just I'm a office of a prophet and I'm not assigned nowhere. And I'm gonna give you an example. The Bible says, Jesus actually said this. He said, there were many widows during the time of Elijah, but Elijah was only sent to one. And then he said the next verse, he said, and there were many lepers during the time of Elisha, but only Naaman the prophet got healed. When a person has been sanctioned and set apart uh, for the office of a prophet, immediately following that is a demographic of people 
people that they're sent to. Ezekiel, I am sending you to this particular group of people, and this is going to be the byproduct. When it comes to the gift of prophecy, it's that's very different. That is God moving in the camp corporately because he wants to use everybody to be his mouthpiece. But when but when um, you call to the office of a prophet, you have a particular territory. The fourth thing is this. A office of a prophet has a burden of the Lord, which mm. means a burden, which means there is a specific thing that God is using this particular prophet to be able to speak to the people. And there's various different types of prophets. You got prophets of righteousness. You got prophets of, you know, decreeing prosperity into the people. You got prophets that were assigned to lead people into the wars of Israel. So there is a specific functioning within the local ecclesia of the church for one specific purpose, for the edifying of the body of Christ in the sense of mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now I know that that kind of is like, ah, oh, but that, that kind of disqualifies all the rest of us. It's not disqualifying. Is that God moves prophetically through the people, and then there are specific people that God ordains them to have a particular uh, office of a prophet, and they are assigned to a church, assigned to a territory, assigned to a region, assigned to whatever the case may be, and they're God's mouthpiece for uh, that particular territory, so that way that territory fulfills God's agenda. Now, when it comes to the gift of prophecy, it's a bit different. That's God speaking to us now and what's on his heart and what's on his mind. And it might not necessarily be predictive and uh, foretelling. It, it's usually within the realm of foretelling. Office of a prophet, foretelling. Gift of prophecy, a lot more foretelling, speaking God's mind now to the people. So good. I love Come it. On. So just because you prophesy or you have the gift of prophecy doesn't make you necessarily a prophet called by mm -hmm. God, anointed to be a prophet. I think we get that confused. Okay, we're going to do another broadcast on prophetic abuse and how to test prophetic words because we can go all day on this and we're over an hour already. Give me your guys' thoughts on what about the guys that say, which is huge in the Christian world, God doesn't speak anymore, God is silent today. Um, you know, God has given us everything we need through his word. What are your guys' initial thoughts on that? You know, I, I listen to that and I cringe every time I hear it. My insides cringe, my bones hurt because I'm like, how could you be in relationship with somebody that isn't even speaking? And they, and they're, they're, the way they back this up is they say, well, we have the word of God. We don't need God to speak to us anymore. But in my mind, how could you have a healthy relationship with somebody that doesn't speak to you? For me, God is constantly speaking. And when I say constantly speaking, I am not talking about audibly all day long, God is in my ear. I'm talking about, I'm seeing God speak through people, amen, through my wife, through my pastors, through music, through a worship song, through me being in prayer, through a still small voice, through an image, through a picture, through creation. When I say God is speaking, I'm not talking about all day God saying, turn right, turn left, turn, put your blinker on, go eat uh, Baskin Robbins. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying God is speaking to me through everything around me as I'm led by the Holy Spirit. So I, I get frustrated with this whole theology of God is not speaking today. I, we should change it to just because God's not speaking to you. I mean, really, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's guys that are maybe bitter. Maybe they've been hurt by the prophetic. Maybe they've been abused. Maybe a word didn't come to pass. There's some big, big names on YouTube that constantly propitiate this message that God doesn't speak. And the reason why I think it is, is because they see 
prophets give words that don't come to pass and now they're like well god doesn't speak anymore god is silent when in reality that's like saying well somebody abused communion let's stop doing communion no they were abusing communion in the new testament and paul didn't say let's stop doing communion paul said let's correct the abuse so that's what we're trying to do tonight we're trying to correct these areas and we will again in the future talk about like prophetic abuse and prophetic words testing false words but tonight we wanted to really focus on desiring prophecy that you can prophesy i just get very frustrated you guys have any thoughts on people that would say that or what what are your thoughts when you hear people teach that like on youtube or just in more reform circles go ahead passive lad well i think that the bible does say my sheep they hear my voice come on Um, and so if um, you are a sheep and then you have to hear your shepherd's voice and if your shepherd has stopped speaking there's no there's not one one verse in the bible where God stopped speaking. And so he didn't go mute. Um, We cast out mute spirits. Uh, Our God doesn't have that spirit. Come on. He he speaks. And so, and then Jesus said to the devil, he says, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, not proceeded, but proceeds, meaning God still, there's things that proceed, things God is still speaking. There's a breath. The Spirit of God is the breath of God, you know, and you need that breath to speak. And so he speaks to us and, um, he speaks through his word. He speaks through circumstances. I mean, we're not we're not saying that he only speaks outside of his word. He speaks through his word. Everything's in line with God's word. And I think sometimes people have been burned out. Like Isaiah, you mentioned, people have seen the abuse of those who add, you know, uh, hear things from God that are anti-biblical. You know, there are those who we hear things from God that are extra biblical, but they're not anti-biblical. And those that are things that are extra biblical are not the same, that are anti-biblical. Like entire Bible is not, the entire Bible is in God, but not all of God is in the whole Bible. I mean, we see a lot of things like the Trinity, altar call and other things that are not specifically mentioned. They're never defined in the scripture, but they're easily seen. And so God will speak and God will guide. He will not never go against his word, but he will go there will be extra things they're not necessarily anti anti things anti-biblical and so uh, to me it's very clear like when somebody says hey uh god doesn't speak i was like well you're late i talked to him this morning <laughs> and on. he talked to me back come on i love it what do you think about it pagani i, I think pastor fad summed it up i if if we open up that can of worms it'll open up a whole nother broadcast for that you know but <laughs> I would say this from a more personal perspective, excuse me, let me just say this, that no modern day, first of all, modern day prophets do exist in the New Testament church. You got prophet Agabus in scripture. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that solidifies that, you know, the early church did have prophets present there. The second thing I would say this is um, to hold the New Testament prophet in the same standard of the Old Testament prophet, meaning that everything that they said was scripture, you know, because of the finalizing of the canonization of, of scripture, then we got a problem because Agabus prophesied, but nothing he said was canonized, but he prophesied. So we mm-hmm. see that there was he was prophesying from a place of succession from what was already uh, written. So third thing I want to say is this, is n- at least no real New Testament modern day person that flows in the gift of prophecy. Number one, they would never curse Jesus because First Corinthians 14 says, no one speaking by the spirit will call Jesus accursed. You know what I'm saying? Well, can't even say Jesus is Lord. But also know that when... Isaiah, myself, and Pastor Flat, when we prophesy, we're not taking away from the efficacy of right. the 66 books of canon. Wow. We're not 
adding to scripture. We're not removing yeah. the, you know, the centralization and the preeminence of, of sola scriptura. We're guiding people through to the scripture. But also we understand that as Vlad said, God is still speaking in the sense of relationship. And I liken to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Enoch, all of the patriarchs of old, they didn't have no Bible. How was God talking to them? Mm. How was, the Bible says Enoch prophesied. Mm-hmm. How did he prophesy? He had no Torah. There's no scripture. There was no Septuagint. So there was no Texas Receptors. There was no 66 books canonized from the Council of Nicaea That's and the so Council good, of Trent. There was none of that, but they had relationship with Yahweh. They had relationship with God Almighty and they prophesied. We see God speaking to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and God and them, they're talking back to him. Mm-hmm. All right, no scripture, no Bible to reference, you know, but there was relationship. So I think it's both. God mm-hmm. said a new covenant I will give to my people. Mm-hmm. I will write my heart my laws on their hearts and on their minds, and I will place my spirit in them, and they will be my children, and I will be their God. God is speaking today. And hopefully, those of you that are watching, we inspire you, especially you cessationalists. We're not taking away from sola scriptura in believing in modern-day prophetic utterances. We are just believing in the continuation that God is still speaking, but not in the sense of, the canonization of the word, but he is speaking his heart and mind to God's people because we are in covenant and we are in relationship with him. Oh, good. So good. so good. I love it. That's a great way to go. So guys, tonight we practical. We're going to pray for you guys. Obviously, we're going to pray and that the Lord would activate this in you, that the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, would be alive inside of you. Desire prophecy. Open up your mouth. Start trying it out. Start doing it. You're never going to get better at it. You're never going to fully flow in it or walk in it. If you're sitting around watching Netflix all day, step out and start giving out prophetic words. And the last tip I just wanted to throw in here, it's completely like not on what we're talking about but when god stops you stop one thing i found in my early days of prophecy is i thought the word had to be a 10 minute word so god would speak for three minutes and i would speak for seven if you're prophesying and anyone that prophesies knows exactly what i'm talking about and all of a sudden god stops speaking and you want to keep going and adding to it that's the best way to prophesy out of your flesh. Do not do that. When God is done giving the word, then mm-hmm. stop giving the word and start praying for the person. If that's what, if that's yeah. what it is, I, I see a lot of guys that will prophesy and I'm like, oh, this is good. And then a minute in, I'm like, oh, that's not God. They're starting to go into their flesh, make things up. So I would say when you feel the Holy Spirit done, you should end the word and then go into praying for them. That's just a quick tip, a free one for you guys, because I see a lot of people giving these 15 minute words when I'm like, hey, I know that God wasn't speaking that long. I I think we have the tendency to try to add. Here's the thing about the word of the Lord. You don't need to put sauce on it, okay? You don't have to salt it up. It's good by itself. You don't need to add some flavor. You're like, hey, I just need to put a little bit of lemon pepper seasoning on the word. You don't need to do none of that. The word is good by itself, plain. Mm -hmm. There is power. So I think if we add to it, we could get in trouble by giving false words. And then last thing I'll say, the three things I never prophesy, you guys could disagree with me. I never teach to prophesy babies, money, and relationships. Those are the three things I stay out of. If I'm if I'm one-on-one with a family member, okay, maybe I'll give a word if God's speaking, but I, but in public, okay, I'm not going to get on stage and say, the Lord says you're going to have a baby. The Lord says you're going to get a new job and be making $90,000 a year. The Lord says that you're going to be doing this or doing that. I'm very leery about preaching um, 
prophesying relationships because I've seen a lot of abuse with it. I've seen a lot of abuse with money and I've seen a lot of abuse with people. God says you're going to have a child and the person, you know, doesn't have a child and they're heartbroken. They turn from God. So I, I would just be leery if you're getting into prophecy. I think you guys maybe would agree with that. Getting into some of these topics yeah. that are that are probably not your place to tell somebody they're having a, a baby girl um, next year or whatever it could be. I've gotten words like that. In fact, my first child, it was a word of prophecy for some random girl that was like part of a high school ministry. And she literally prophesied the month that we were going to have a baby and the sex of the baby to the T. And it was true. It was right. And we had been trying for a year and a half. And she sent me randomly on Facebook. I was like, this girl's crazy. She's trying to prophesy. And literally we had everything she said that was going to happen. So I don't know. God could speak through people like right. that. I, I'm just leery about teaching people to prophesy like that. Let's pray over everybody here in the chat. Father, we thank you yeah. so much for yes, what Lord you're Jesus. doing. Thank you, Lord, that the spirit of prophecy is alive and well. We thank you, Lord, yes, Lord. that ears are being opened tonight in Jesus' name, that, Lord, you yeah. are opening up our eyes, you're opening up our ears, you're opening up our understanding, that you are speaking to your people. Lord, we know that your word declares that your sheep hear your voice. Father, let us be marked by those that hear the voice of God. Lord, I want to hear your voice in my everyday life. I pray, Lord that those watching would never despise mm. prophecy. Maybe you've been mm -hmm. hurt by prophetic word. Maybe you've been off track because of a pastor. I ask you, Lord, that you would bring healing, that you'd bring restoration, that you'd bring renewal, and that we would no longer be wounded by prophecy. But God, that we would be open to what your spirit is saying to the church. Lord, we know that over and over you kept saying, hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Tonight, we ask you, Lord, to open up ears, that we would be aware of prophecy, of dreams, of vision, of revelation, of you speaking to us. Father, speak clearly to your people. We long to yes, hear Lord. your voice. And I even yes, pray, Lord, whatever is in our life that's offending you. David said this, point out what's in my life offending you. Lord, if there's areas in our life that are stopping us from hearing you, stopping us from the prophetic word, maybe there's things in our life that are stopping us from fulfilling a prophetic word we got as a child. I pray, Lord, that you would remove those hindrances in Jesus' mighty name. Remove these areas, these idols, these addictions, these relationships that are stopping the prophetic word from coming to pass. I just pray, point these things out, God. Release this gift over people in Jesus' name. If you guys got anything you wanted to pray, feel free. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, for every pastor and leader that's actually watching live or will catch this on a replay, Lord. Father, increase their proportion of faith in the area of the prophetic so they can be begin to release the prophets in their house, Lord, and to begin to cultivate a prophetic environment, Father. Father, give that pastor and leader, Lord, strategy, mm -hmm. insight, and the blueprint of how to... Uh, how how to create, Lord, and to initiate a prophetic presbytery in their church, Lord, so they can begin to hear the voice and the mind, your mind, Lord, for that congregation, Lord. So, Father, I am praying, Lord, that any timidity, any shyness, Lord, any overcautiousness, Lord, on any minister and senior leader, uh, a, a fear of the prophetic in their house, Lord, break that over their mind, Lord, break that over their emotion, Lord, remove them from prophetic prophetic hurt trauma, Lord, that's hindering them from tapping into the next level, Lord. And I, Father, I pray that you would increase, increase, Pastor, if you're listening, your faith increases now in the Come prophetic, on. that you would have a renewed first love for the prophetic again in your house now, in Jesus' mighty name. Receive it now. Release the prophets in your house and allow God to speak prophetically in your house as God guides you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank yes, you, Lord. Lord. We just pray for everybody, God, that you will begin to activate those yes. who have the desire to prophesy. 
Lord, that today, God, that there will be this measure of faith, that what they've heard, that the truth will set them free from fear, timidity, shyness, um, over cautiousness, Lord God, that today, starting today, God, they will begin to hear your voice. Yes, and they will begin to hear your voice, not just for themselves, but for somebody else. And I pray for the spirit of courage and boldness to actually step out. Yes. Because, Lord, as the, as the disciples, when they healed that man, the Pharisees said that these people have been with Jesus, yeah. seeing their boldness. Lord, yeah. that the miracles and the changes in people's lives will happen as we step out in boldness. And, Lord, I pray for those who are confused concerning their own life. They just, yeah. they just need to hear from you. God, that yeah. you will speak to them through dreams, that you will speak to them through parables, riddles, through visions, through impressions, through images, God, through people, yes. through prophets, God, that we will walk, Lord God, not by sight, but by faith. By yes. your voice, that we will be led by you, God, not yes. by our intellect, our degrees, our experience, yesterday's success, what worked yesterday, but by you today, in Jesus' name. And yes. I just want to pray this last thing. I come against every unclean spirit that's causing confusion yes. in your mind. Some of you, you're hearing from God, but you're so confused by all these unclean spirits confusing you. We cast mm -hmm. out every unclean spirit that's bringing confusion, yes. every unclean spirit of doubt, every unclean spirit of unbelief, every demon that is holding you back from speaking out the word of God, the spirit of fear that's causing you to, yes. to be afraid to give a word. I command that spirit to go into the yes. abyss now in Jesus' name. Yes. Every spirit go into yes. the abyss now in Jesus name yes. Satan you are bound you have yes, no sir. authority you have Freedom. no legal right the Lord Freedom. rebukes you Satan come up Freedom. and out in Jesus name in Jesus Freedom. name we command you to go now you've lost your power we rebuke Freedom. you Satan in Jesus name Amen. Guys, Amen. there is a school of prophets going on right now. If you want to go deeper and go to that deep, deep level in prophecy, maybe you've been called to be a prophet. Pagani has a school actively going in New York of the school of prophets. I have it linked in the comments. I have it linked in the description. Pagani, tell us about the school of prophets. What's going on with this? Well, right now we are in uh, this week. We are in the third week of our six week uh, school of the prophets. It's basically uh, helping to mature mm -hmm those that already have the prophetic office and those that are inquiring to learn so that way they can be prophetic in come nature um, mm -hmm. they can come out to the church mm -hmm. uh, we are on our third week people have been flying in from all over the country to be a part of it to be activated and we want to encourage those of you that you can either be in person at the church or you can watch it online so we are simultaneously doing it through both through at the church and online so all you got to do is just go to my website and register i'm going to put the link in the, what's already in the comment uh section um and all you got to do is just register um our website will send you uh an email with the six links so that you could either watch it live or just show up to the church and be a part of it and it's going to be it's been absolutely astounding and amazing we're activating we're training we're motivating and on top of that prophets are coming getting healed getting delivered on, nothing bro. is more frustrating than being a prophet in a church that your pastor don't even believe yes. in the prophetic mm. consistently criticizing you wow. or whatever the case may be so the goal of our school of the prophets for these six weeks with well, four weeks left is to get the prophets that obadiah hid in the cave Come out on. of the cave get you out of the cave get you healed up alive get you patched up get you send you on your way so that way you can begin to do what god called you to do so 
Um, the information is pinned in the comment. Um, I hope to see you guys there. Um, profits are flying in, and I'm going to just put it in the chat room as well. Love you guys. So go register immediately after the broadcast, and I see you guys at the church, or I see you live online. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content, and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.